You're listening to Case 63, a Spotify audio series. Welcome back to Collector's Closet, presented by the Ohio Lottery. Let's discuss my newest prize possession, this new $10 scratch-off, the $500,000 Platinum Jackpot. The best method I've found so far to help it hold its value is to vacuum seal it. This thing cannot get scratched. What's that? Sorry, my producer's telling me the only way it could be worth up to 500 grand is if I do scratch it? Okay, well, in that case, definitely don't overprotect your $500,000 platinum jackpot scratch-offs. Play them. Lottery players are subject to Ohio laws and commission regulations. Play responsibly. For the record, visit De Vincent's house. Oh, what a compelling opening. No date and time? It's nighttime in the 21st century. <laughs> there you go. You're in a good mood. I love that. <laughs> okay, anyway, here are towels. There's bed sheets, and if you need anything, just. Uh, Who took that photograph? My wife. It's a sunset in Rome. First, we just had a print of it, and then she had it enlarged to cover up the whole wall. Statement piece. Sometimes when I wake up, I swear it's the view from my window. I can sleep in the living room if you want. No, no, not at all. Marie's staying at a friend's house. She won't mind if I use her bed. She finished school yesterday, actually. Vacation! Yeah, we're planning a trip to celebrate. Where are you going? We have a couple ideas. All right. Thank you again, Vincent. I didn't, um... I didn't... I didn't know where to go. You can consider this your home. A photo... Hmm. It reminds me of something. Yeah, I stare at it sometimes. Rome and the day's last light. We argued a lot during that trip, but we also saw a lot. We tried to visit all the landmarks, but everything was packed with people. It was the same in Venice, thousands of tourists everywhere. Well, in eight years, I mean, at least for a few months, all of those places will be empty. Not a soul. And the water in the canals of Venice will be clean for the first time in a long, long while. Well, that's the first thing you've ever told me about the future that sounds good. All right, I won't bug you anymore. Let me know if you need anything. food tell me what you see I see a strange beautiful woman kissing me that's what I see what do you see sadness tell me what you see trust closeness intimacy can you hold me can you please hold me tight and don't let go 
been so long since I've done this. Do you want me to stop? No. Turn that off. Here, coffee. What are you writing? Isn't it enough for you to record everything? It doesn't record my thoughts. <laughs> Thanks for the coffee. I was looking at your tattoo this morning. It's beautiful. So did she take all these pictures? Tell me about your wife. She was brave. She was funny. Terrible storyteller. Organized. Um, she barely cooked. I used to do that. Ugh, I'm not describing her well. It's... Okay, imagine this. You have someone, someone who's with you, with whom you share the smallest, most insignificant moments, and the huge stuff, and Sunday afternoons, and movies, and years, and laughter, and so many intimate little things. Someone you watch while they sleep, and notice all their stupid habits, and have all the most ridiculous arguments with, and then all of a sudden, all of that goes away. And there's just this hole where they used to be, or not even, not, not even a hole or a blank spot. Nothing is left and everything is still there. And you're just standing there, standing here wondering, where the hell did they go? Nowhere. She's still there. You're right that everything is still here. Everybody is. We meet again, we mingle, we intertwine, and we move on. Whether that's true or not, I wish it felt more like that. Let me see that notebook. What about you? Your marriage? My husband was a biologist, obsessed with immunology and viruses. <laughs> now I realize why. We went to Rome. It was the one place in the world we wanted to go back to. Near the end, he, he had this really aggressive form of leukemia and he wasn't getting any better, so I checked him out of the hospital and took him back to our home. He was already getting weak and on his way somewhere between awake and asleep and I laid down by his side and hugged him, told him we should go back to Rome, walk the same streets. He had this hat that I really hated. His favorite hat. And he lost it on that trip. So I said to him, let's go to Rome and look for your lost hat. And he said, I, I didn't lose it. I threw it in the river. The ugliest hat in the world just floated away. <laughs> I've been thinking about that lately. Such a lovely gesture. He gave up something important to him just to make someone else feel good. Me. I'm sorry. What are you doing? What are you drawing? Horse, horse with wings, Pegasus. I see that, but I wanna know why you're drawing a winged horse. I don't know, really. I just felt that I had to. And you don't know why? 
I just had to do it. Wait. This moment. Don't you feel it? It's, it's a very strong sensation. It's a deja vu. What do you mean? This. The morning light coming through the window, waking you up with a cup of coffee. Um, say that again. I, I, I'm sorry. Just, just, just say that again. I mean, it's, it's what I said. The morning... The morning light coming through the window. You waking me up with a cup of coffee. Vincent, do you remember? You said I was like a key for you. If I am your key, then you are mine. <laughs> we are the key. What are you... I, I'm sorry. What are you trying to say? Don't you see? I'm not sure. <sighs> Peter was chosen for time travel because he dreamt of a room full of light where he wakes me up with coffee. He looks at me, sees my tattoo, wings. Then he shows me a drawing and I tell him a secret about my husband and that's it. That's the proof that we can make it. That we'll be together one day if we can just get everything right. And what can we see through the windows of that hotel room? Rome. Exactly. Rome. Why didn't I think of this before? How is it possible that Peter Reuter dreamt of something that never happened to him? I never arrived at that hotel. If I didn't make it there, where did he get the image for his Garnier Malay event? I don't know. From this room. In 2062, Peter had that dream and thought he should recreate it with me and close the loop when I arrived at the hotel. The hotel was the goal, but it never happened and it never will happen with Peter. Understand? He dreamt of something that another person had lived in the past. The event he dreamt of, that moment in Rome, was not about him. It was about you. And it just happened. By sending me here, he ensured the continuity of the mission, Vincent, without the dream. There is no traveler. So then, I, I have to remember this. I have to remember this moment. Every detail of it. All roads lead to Rome, or actually to a room with a big picture of Rome on the wall. To this room. So what do we do now? In the dream, they went for a walk. I mean, I mean, we went for a walk, and, and it wasn't exactly the city. We can go to Rome. I'm serious. Do you know where the place is, the hotel? I have the address. I remember it. Let's go. If the hotel is the goal, let's go to that hotel. Let's make this memory come true in the place it should have been. What about Marie? I told you we had a couple ideas for our vacation. Guess which city was one of them? Rome. <laughs> Rome. We're getting some coffee. You want to join? No, go ahead. I'll join you in a bit. Do you want something? Ah, uh, thanks, Marie. I'm all right. I'm going to walk around a little and I'll meet you right back here. Sounds good. For my record, once again at JFK, once again surrounded by people who think they're traveling but don't really know what traveling is. Ants walking around the same little patch, stuck in a fixed time and a fixed line, unknowingly dependent on others. People who don't know where their lives are going, traveling from place to place, never knowing when another person might do something that turns their entire world upside down. I can no longer think about individuals, about individual actions, individual achievements or defeats. It all seems naive, absurd. I only picture a huge web 
spider's web we're all tangled up in, we're all held by. Vincent and Marie could easily be my family. They've thrown open their arms to me wholeheartedly in the most real and welcoming way, as if they'd been waiting their whole lives to do it. Marie is so full of life and looks like any 17-year-old ready to change the world. Except, unlike most teenagers, she really is going to change the world. And as long as I'm around, I'll do everything I can to help her break with her terrible destiny. Who says I can't be happy with them? How many people get the opportunity to start life anew? Hello, Beatrice. Oh, Jesus. Don't move. Keep recording. Oliver? What are you doing here? Believe me, I'd rather not be here. I'm just a lucky extra in a plot that I can't escape. You remember the note I gave you when you left my apartment? I know you have it with you. You haven't opened it? Well, even if you did, you couldn't understand what those numbers are about, right? How did you find me? What do you want? 1634, 12, 21, 12. I was stumped. But I figured since they came from where they did, they must be important, and they are. They are very important. 1634, 12, 21, 12. More than just a number, it's a date. It's today. It's the time of birth of Helen Vince, Peter Reuter's wife. It happens at 434. That date and time will happen in 17 minutes. For a person to be born, I think you know this, the previous entity needs to die. Peter only got one thing wrong. He thought that if he could send you to the past, he could delay your imminent death, but no. No matter where you hide, you are Helen's previous entity. In order for her to be born, you will have to die in, well, now 16 minutes. No, that doesn't make sense. Vincent said, no, 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 no. There, there, there's something that we can do. For the first time, I feel like I'm, I'm where I'm supposed to be. In the year I want to be in, living the timeline I want to live. Beatrix, you're only here because you've been sent here for a purpose. You can't forget that. You can still do something before you disappear. Marie believes you. She believes in you. Disappoint her. Yes, confuse her. Out of the few options you have left, that's the only one that will lead to a greater good. We need Marie to understand that you, the one who inspired her, encouraged her, that you were always delusional. You planted a seed in that girl's mind, and now you have to pull it up, roots and all. No, no, I'm not going to die today. You already did. You already died. I already read this news. This already happened. People in the future already know about it. Listen, we don't have any time for any of this. Go to the bathroom. Remove your clothes. Take your tape recorder. Hold it in your hand. Wrap your shirt around it. That way you'll be able to pretend it's a gun. Say the end of the world is real and that we're all going to die. Shout it until the cops show up. Point your recorder at someone. They'll shoot you. They'll say that you are dangerous. They'll call it some, I don't know, psychotic break or something. And Marie will never forget any of it. That might be enough to set things right. No. It was an honor to meet you, Beatrix. Now, do what you have to do. Do what you've already done. Make your last move. Do something important, something incredible before your time you is up. You don't understand anything. Now. It's all been decided already. You have no choice, Beatrix Knight. Make the decision. Decide. After all, we know you knew. Travelers who fail in their missions can still get another chance.
Case 63, created and written by Julio Rojas, adapted by Mara Velez Melendez, directed by Mimi O'Donnell, starring Julianne Moore, Oscar Isaac, Zoe Winters, and Ariane Moyed. Executive produced by Julianne Moore, Oscar Isaac, and Mimi O'Donnell. Produced by Alexandra K. Brown and Katie Pastor. Sound supervision by Jonathan Roberts. Score by Moat. Mm-hmm.